Hey, Philip, what's going on? Hey, Brian, good to see you, man. I didn't hear you knock. I didn't know I had to knock. Fair enough. So what are we doing this week? The same thing we do every week, our podcast. Ooh, let's get started. Welcome to the podcast, Neighbors Don't Knock. The show where two neighbors drop by for conversations that are fun, relevant, and downright hilarious. Join them and special guests in their mission to talk about anything and everything and laugh about it no matter what. Now, here's your hosts, Brian Chambers and Philip Goffrey. Well, hello, hello, everyone. What's going on? Philip, how are you? Um, I'm all right, man. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. You guys have tuned in to Neighbors Don't Knock, Season 3, Episode 14. We are going to unpack a lot today. We really are. <laughs> I know we are. I've got things in my mind that are like <laughs> bubbling up. I have to talk about it. I have to get it off my chest. Well, I'm so glad to hear that because, I mean, that's that's why we get together. Just to, for relevant banter, some, some good friendship, and, uh, you know, get things off our chest. Yeah. So, but for all of you that have tuned in for the first time, you can subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast. You can also go to neighborsdontknock.com. Feel free to hit us up on social media or send us an email at admin at neighborsdontknock.com. We'd love to hear what you think. So this week, we are going to be getting into tipping our hats and wallets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You might know. I don't know if they're going to get where that's going. A little bit of a birthday recap and fun. And also, we're going to unpack a little bit of this holiday season. And I don't mean Christmas. I mean Halloween. (laughs) And also, you guys are going to want to stay tuned to the end of the show for some weekly neighborly advice and also a sneak peek at next week's special guest. Hey, let's take a moment to talk about the Sacred Heart Ranch of Idaho. This season, Neighbors Don't Knock is brought to you by supporters of this 501c3 nonprofit that will provide a home to come back to for those who don't have one. They're doing incredible work by offering temporary housing for women of all faiths and backgrounds between the ages of 18 and 25. Brian, that includes women aging out of foster care, discharged from the military with trauma, or pregnant for the first time with nowhere to go. Operating according to a trauma-informed care model, the Sacred Heart Ranch of Idaho will foster emotional intelligence, confidence, independence, and utilize recreation for healing. To learn more about this important work and how to help these young women heal, learn, and grow, visit their website, sacredheartranch.org. You know, Brian, you're always so calm and collected and cool during your intro. I love it. Like, I feel like you, you're here just to kind of pick me up and carry me into the. <laughs> is that what carry it is? me into the conversation? Is that what my role is? <laughs> Dude, I'm exhausted. I'm 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 so tired all the time, and you're just like boom, boom. You're on it. You are Johnny on the spot. Well, you know, it's hard to be. It's hard not to be Johnny on the spot with this great new thermos looking cup I have here. Uh, by the way, I wanted to thank you for the birthday gift. And for our listeners, I am sitting here with a new uh, corksicle, I guess is what they call them, right? It is. It is a corksicle. A corksicle. And it is Luke Skywalker's flight suit. In a tumbler. In a tumbler, basically. Yes. And it's got my favorite beverages all the time in it. So I want to thank you. This is a great gift, man. Buddy, you're welcome. Oh, happy birthday. I'm loving it. And, you know, happy belated birthday to you, too. I mean, thank you, sir. So we, your wife's birthday, your birthday, my birthday, several of our friends. What a month, huh? It was, you know, and everyone's 
if you are tuning in or haven't listened to the show, our birthdays all are fall in September. Yeah, and you know, it's become a tradition that we do a, a large September gathering for all the September birthdays. And now, Brian, you've become part of this, and it just grows and grows. And uh, I mean, you know, COVID responsibly, of course. Y- yes. Full disclaimer. Yes. Yeah. We, we were COVID responsible. We had a, a small gathering, but it, it was a lot of fun. And it's it's a series of events now. <laughs> That's what I've learned because we can't fit it into all into one night or one like specific weekend. Yeah. Your actual (laughs) birthday weekend. I think I'll recover from that sometime in December. I'm still working on that, man. It was, but it was a lot of fun. We good friends, good times. And it, and I really always appreciate being here and celebrating with you guys and to celebrate your wife's birthday as well. So, uh, you know, it's great. So a happy belated birthday to us. Thank you. Thank you. Happy (laughs) birthday to us. I agree. That's that's right. And, and I'm recovered. Are you, you said you're kind of recovering. I'm working on it. You're still working on it. I've recovered. I I think I had to quicker than, than most. Cause I'm working on it. I think maybe next time we should have one of those like IV drip nurses. You know, I might have someone I can contact for that. Yeah. You know, I would actually never do that, but, (laughs) but it's fun to say, you know, I had the opportunity to celebrate somebody's birthday down in San Miguel uh, de Allende in Mexico a couple of years back, a few years back now. And, and they did that. They arranged for one of these nurses to show up with the vitamin drip and they all did the IV thing. Thinking to myself, okay, it's one thing to do that generally, which I could just, I'm terrified of needles, so it does not compute with my brain to do that. But to do it in Mexico, like a, with like some service that you have an app and you sort of like, oh, I need to at 9 a.m. That's a little shady. A little shady, that, that, right? Well, I, 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 maybe shady is the wrong word. Uh, I'm going to say risky because you don't know what you're really getting. Like I'm picturing one of the cartel <laughs> doctors to leave one of the mansions in like a caravan of black SUVs. And he comes pulling up because on this bright white coat, you know, has the IV bags. Like, okay, here we go, boys. Lines them all up. <laughs> I'll take care of you. <laughs> Uh, well, he's I, like, do you want the vitamins? Wink. <laughs> like, no, really, I just want the vitamins. I don't want anything else. He's like, whoa, you serious? <laughs> you know, like How can you tell which vitamins you want or need? Yeah, <laughs> it's almost it's almost like a, a matrix type of thing, right? <laughs> which pill you're gonna take? Yeah, vitamin F for fentanyl. No, thank you. <laughs> Hopefully, you're gonna get to that recovery sooner than later. I'm already there, so come with me on this journey because I want to jump into the holiday season and yes, not Christmas, which is one of my favorite seasons, but Halloween. Yeah, it's almost here. And, and I know we're, we're talking about it a little bit later. I know people start doing Halloween stuff back in September. But, you know, with birthday month for us, until October really hits and we recover, it feels like we don't get into Halloween until about now, at least for us, you know, in the past. And I really enjoy Halloween and it's really nice, but it's become less and less stressful for me. I don't know about you. Yeah, I agree. My wife and I, we used to put kind of a lot of pressure on ourselves to go out and partake in the adult entertainment part of Halloween. You know, the adult dress ups, the big, big parties at local restaurants and bars and all of that. And this year we we finally decided, you know what, we're coming out of the pandemic still. We're going to go trick or treating with our daughter. Let's just be low key about this. No stress. Nice and easy. But I am seeing lots of decorations around the neighborhoods here in our city. People are really starting to come out of the you know, COVID closet, I guess, so to speak. And I, th- I think this is going to be a much bigger year of it than it was last year. Well, they were ta- I was reading an article that they were talking about how, of course, sales in Halloween decorations, candy, costumes, everything dipped last year. 
And now uh, you're going to see a lot of sales come up. And so they're expecting the billion-dollar Halloween business to jump from last year, which which makes sense. I think that's great. Have you seen, have you heard any talk about shortages or seen anything in the news yet? Because I feel like everything is in shortage right now. No, but I'd be worried about the candy I'm getting because I feel like they're like going to be using last year's candy. <laughs> like the candy companies are like pushing all the old stuff out there. Like, it's hey, no longer. Hey guys, we got to get rid of this stuff. Let's let's get that in the stores first before we get the fresh stuff out. Yeah, it's no longer the razor blade and the Reese's peanut butter. A cup, you're just worried about some moldy ass like yeah. Hershey's bar from expired a year and a half ago. It's like growing its own ghost or something on there, you know? Dude, <laughs> so bad. It looks like a pumpkin when you open it. Oh, oh. I was okay until that image. <laughs> I wonder about it though, because the shortages are no joke. I mean, the other day I was at a bar with some customers and I tried to order a Topo Chico and the bartender looked at me like I was crazy. He goes, uh, You don't know? I'm like, know what you know uh, topo chico is a national shortage man you can't find it anywhere we don't have that I'm like, oh, <laughs> all right noted duly noted you know i, I guess i'll have a pellegrino thanks <laughs> uh, okay this is when i'll hit a quote-unquote panic button for halloween candy is when there's a shortage of reese's like reese's pieces yes that's your thing Oh, I love Reese's. See, my thing is Reese's peanut butter cups, but you're a Reese's Pieces guy. Interesting. Well, I, I could do both. I could do both. But, I could do both. <laughs> but, you know. That's okay. I'll take both. But the reason I, I think I'm more of a Reese's Pieces versus Reese's peanut butter cup only during Halloween season is because of E.T., man. E.T. put oh, yeah. E.T. put that candy on the map. Yeah, yeah. Fair enough. I mean, he he loved all the Reese's Pieces. But anything Reese's, I'm, I'm game. But if there's a shortage in Reese's, then you know something's up. Are you a candy corn person? No. See, I know I know a few candy corn people. That creeps me out, man. I think candy corn tastes like chalk. <laughs> well, it is better than those circus peanuts. Oh, those, oh yeah. Ooh. You know? so. <laughs> Ooh, brutal. So I, I'm a big, I like the gummy stuff overall. But if I have to go chocolate, I'm all about the Reese's. So, but speaking of movies, I want to jump into this a little bit because we talked in last season. If you guys want to hear our top list of candy and some fun costume ideas that we had talked about previously, you can go back and check our season one episode on Halloween. But it is movie season as well for Halloween. Like Halloween not only does candy costumes and fun, they do movies. And it's a really big you know, push into the movie season because of course the holidays, when you get to Christmas, it's all Christmas stuff, but Halloween has its own genre of movies, obviously. And I have a, a top 10 list of movies that I think people should watch during the month of October. So this is the Brian Chambers this is, Halloween approved top 10 list. Yes. And, and I'm, I'm going to put this out there that this is my opinion. This is my list. I'm not saying that other movies are bad or these are better than others, but these would be my choice or recommendations to those that are looking for Halloween movies this month. Okay. So I'm going to start in no particular order. There's not like a, from 10 to one, there's not, you know, a, one's better than the other. These are all great movies. So we're going to kind of start in more of a horror genre. And the first one I'm going to say is Pet Cemetery. And, you know, I've seen the original. I've seen the original, but I liked the remake better. See, I never saw the remake because the original terrified me so badly as a kid <laughs> that there was just no chance. <laughs> so you can't handle gray cats. <laughs> No, no, I'm out. Like, I have enough to be afraid of in my own life every day. I don't need 
All right. Well, we'll move on from that. But if you if, if you can actually stomach it, I, I would say check out the new one. Um, it chapter two. Okay. And it, the first movie, it scared the bejesus out of me. <laughs> well, as it should have. Beat, beat Richie. It's and, awful. And I watched the second one and it was just really well done for a sequel because it's, it's allegedly the same kids that are grown up and they, they did a good job of casting it and it was just done really well, you know, because there's a lot of those sequels that they can really butcher. So I recommend that one, especially again, if you like those scary movies type of thing or, or you, it was your thing, I'd say go check out it chapter two. Um, I'm going to put this one out. This is kind of obvious. It's Halloween, the Michael Myers. I mean, must watch. I think it is, but I'm going to state my, my recommendation is the first one. I agree. It's the first one. And now I know there's like a hundred other ones now. And I think there's a new one that's around the bend. You know, who, who knows? They're, they're probably going to be making these movies for the next 20 years, 30 years. Yeah, no, I think I think the original Halloween uh, is sort of to Halloween as Die Hard is to Christmas. Yeah, exactly. It's it's a big staple. So I'm going to put that one out there. Okay, this next one I know you would actually like. And you probably have seen it. The Legend of Sleepy Hollow. Sure. So that and the, the, the Johnny Depp version, because I, I think it was Tim Burton that directed that one. Yeah, great. So a really great movie has everything from ghosts to witches to that haunting, eerie feeling. So that's a great movie. And this one I know you've seen as well, but I love this one, Beetlejuice. That's one of my favorite movies. Yeah, Beetlejuice, great movie, great Halloween movie. Just one of those, again, a staple. It, a lot of people are like, yeah, duh. Yeah, <laughs> they're probably listening like, really? Come on now. You know, I've seen that movie probably 150 times, and every time he kicks down the tree in the model of the city, I, I just crack up. <laughs> it's the funniest. I think it's one of my Keaton's greatest roles. It's just wonderful. Yeah, so I check out Beetlejuice. Okay, so now we're going to move a little bit more into what I consider more family or lighthearted movies. Okay, so those will be my five that are more of the edgier, scary horror type movies. Hocus Pocus. You know, I'm not a fan, but I get it. I get why it's, it's on your list. It's it's a great movie. I, I I love it. And, you know, one of Bette Midler's great roles that she did um, in the Sanderson sisters, you know, with, with that, it, w- it was great. See, I'm much more of a of a auto from the Simpsons kind of got, like feeling when it comes down to Bette Midler. Oh no, Bette Midler! <laughs> you know, I just I can't get on board with her. But hey, I get it. You're a theater guy, so I totally understand. Yeah, I'm all about it. I, I just I for some reason it doesn't feel like Halloween when I don't get to watch that movie. So that's one for me. This one you might be surprised to hear from me, Casper. Casper. Yes, and that's a great family movie. But I mean, who? It's ghost and it's funny and you have, and plus it has the best Ghostbusters cameo in it of all time (laughs) with Dan Aykroyd running out of the house, (laughs) like, like like giving up, you know what I mean? And that goes back, but we're talking about like 1990 something, mid nineties for that. It's Christina Ricci. Yes, exactly. Yes. And, and Bill Pullman. Oh yeah. Yeah. It was in it. Yeah. it, It was done very well. I mean, especially for that time too. And it's fun. It's it's got enough of uh, like you know, kind of a scary vibe or an eerie vibe for you know younger kiddos, but it, it can still be a family movie. It's got that nice, kind, heartwarming. Yeah, I'm gonna throw, them, I'm gonna throw them on the list. I think, so, I think my daughter's old enough. I'll put yeah, that on there. Casper's a good one. And this one is another duh moment, but Nightmare Before Christmas. 
I mean, that is a Halloween movie. <laughs> that straight up is a Halloween movie. I know for a while there was an argument, is this a Christmas movie or is this a Halloween movie? I don't but, know what insane people you are arguing <laughs> with, but it's a Halloween movie. It's a Halloween movie. It was stated. So that one is definitely out there. Uh, the Pumpkin King. <laughs> I mean, I love every, him. everyone's like, oh, there's Santa in there. Yeah, but they kidnap Santa and he almost gets what eaten by the boogeyman or <laughs> Mr. Oogie Boogie. Yeah. yeah. So moving on, the Adams family. Which one? I, okay, I struggled with this. I actually, so I, I kind of, I'm going to put this out there and I know you're going to be like, oh, you need to pick one, but I'm going to say an Adams family marathon because I love the Adams Family, and just for those that are out there, there's the new animated Adams Family movies that are out. So, you know, those for younger kids are are great. But I personally wanted to put Adams Family Values. On oh, so there. again, you're going back to the '90s. You're going back, yeah, to this, early yeah, to yeah, mid-90s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. exactly. So, um, but I, I think you can do an Adams Family Marathon because I think they're all great. I think it's really kind of a really neat uh, series of movies that you can put in there, but. Is, For me, I, I just the whole feeling, just the whole Adams family, just gives me that that vibe of Halloween. Is Adams family values the one where they go to camp? Yes, that's great. Yes, <laughs> are they made from real ghost scouts? Yeah, that's great. Yeah, yeah. yeah, they're like trading serial killer cards. You know, trading cards. <laughs> that's funny. Okay, and then my last one that this is going to come at no surprise to you or those that listen on a frequent basis, but. Muppets Haunted Mansion. Mu- no, this does not surprise any of our fans I, I or me. I know it doesn't. I know, but it is It is the Haunted Mansion with Muppets, and how can you not love that? And it's it's got, uh, you know, cameos of, you know, great actors in it, plus the Muppets, and it's the Haunted Mansion, which is just a kind of a staple anyway, right? So I, I think that it's just great. And that's a, I think that could be a great family movie because it's just wonderful. It's the Muppets. But I do have a couple honorable mentions. All right, hit me because I was about to say you missed a few off my list. There are definitely others that I did leave off, but I tried to keep it to 10, which is tough. But honorable mentions, Zombieland. One and two. Yes, both. Oh, actually, yeah. both. And Evil Dead, one and two. Oh, yeah. I've got to throw in the Scream franchise. Okay, I mean, I think that's great I, I, I for see, Halloween. I, I, I could see that, especially if you want to reminisce a little bit about being a little bit younger. Yeah, you know, I I, would, I debated with any of like the Friday the Thirteenth, and you know, the Scream's so great because it's a parody, but it's also like a solid horror movie. They did a really nice job with the whole thing, um, and I know you're a big Friends fan, so it's fun to see you know Courtney Cox and, and all that. Her part was was just sorry, Courtney Cox. I thought your part was worthless in those movies. Could have done, could have done more with it. Yeah, could have done a lot more. Could have done with more it. with it. Yeah, you know, one one of the fewer movies that i enjoyed david arquette in <laughs> i would also throw in for some of us uh nostalgic elder millennials or even gen xers i think the rocky horror picture show is a great rocky one for horror is another one that a lot of people look at as well um, especially if you can catch it live because it's so much fun to go to that show it's a blast now now that we're talking i will say this there is another one i'll put in an honorable mention and it it goes back even prior to me um trick-or-treat oh yeah yeah that's a really big one and in that talk about giving you all the creepiness of, of <laughs> Halloween with the, you know, talking about like children being murdered and stuff. It's just like, yeah. it's, it, it's wow. It's that, that's a kind of a weird 
but very iconic Halloween movie. And I'm going to throw one more little nugget of candy in the jar here. I would put The Sixth Sense on the list. I would give M. Night Shyamalan some respect with that one. Okay. I mean, yeah, you could argue all those, like the thriller type, yeah. you know, in, like in, a suspense, I guess. In in fairness, though, to you, uh, like shrugging your shoulders, that one, The Sixth Sense is a difficult one to watch every year. I agree. Maybe like every five years. <laughs> maybe maybe every 10 years. <laughs> maybe leading the water every 30 years. And then the sixth sense gets every five years. There something like that. It's like, what? He was dead the whole time? <gasps> Spoiler. <laughs> so anyway, don't, those are my Halloween movies. I, I recommend those. You know, feel free to, to hit me up. Uh, email us at admin at neighborsdontknock.com. Let me know what your favorite Halloween movies are or what I left off the list. I'd love to, to compare. I like it. I tell you, Brian, since we're talking about scary stuff, I think it'd be a, a nice little transition to talk about something recently has been scaring me. All right. Uh, hit me up. I went to pick up some food at a counter the other day that I ordered ahead on an app. And when I arrived to get the food, they spun the little, you know, square credit card reader thing in my direction. I stuck my card in and it gave me tipping options. This still weirds me out because tipping to pick up counter food is, is strange for me. But wait, general. wait, like weirds you out like somebody like you don't know, like a ghost is saying, tip me. <laughs> no, weirds me out like what did you do that deserves a tip? And I used to wait tables for a long time, so it, it, it takes a lot for me to say that. Got it. It's it's a basically a digital way of putting their hand out and without totally. saying a word, like going, hmm. hmm it's, right? it's, it's it's sitting here. Now the <laughs> options on this thing were eighteen percent, twenty percent, and twenty five percent. Or no tip or custom. Yeah, because you have to go to custom to put in to, right. if you were not gonna want to do one of those. Got it. Seriously. Counter service, okay? The kitchen even bagged the food. It was stapled when it arrived behind this person's back. We had to reach over, get it. Oh, Philip, here you go. Well, who who gets that tip, though? Is that split, though? I don't know. See, that's the thing. Maybe maybe that needs to be what we, we need to ask. Maybe we need to start asking the industry, like, if I'm tipping, who is getting this tip? Because, like you said, if it's the kitchen, absolutely. Yeah, so, Brian, since I'm the old fuddy-duddy on the show... <laughs> Explain this to me because I'm confused. I'm like the old man. I don't know what to do. I freeze. I think I'm like, well, what? We, what, what? Oh, no. It's like you've seen a ghost. I, I'd love to see a hand come out. Dude, and then I wonder. machines like digital like. And then I wonder if I, if I don't tip or if I put in custom and I give them like a dollar or, or whatever it they is. They stare at you oddly. Well, I don't know. If, if I hit no receipt, do they see it right away? Can I sneak it in there and then get out before they realize that I didn't give them 25% to say my name properly and hand me a bag that somebody else handed them. I get really weirded out, man. Well, I mean, I, I see where I see where you're coming from. I, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm torn just because I know it's custom in our society to tip 15 to 20%. But that's the thing. So I used to take a very, um, my blue heaven stance on this. I don't know if you remember the scene or not when, when, when Steve Martin's oh, talking about tipping. Oh, you remind me all the time. Right? It's, like, <laughs> it's not tipping, I believe in. It's over tipping. I, I used to love that line because I was always a very, in my opinion, very, very generous tipper. Having worked in the, in the service industry for a long time, I was very sensitive to it, right? And if somebody did a good job, I wanted to make sure they were properly thanked for doing a good job. I was also kind of a, of a, of a stickler for if you did a shitty job, yeah. I was still going to get them something. It yeah. took it took a lot to get no tip from me, like a lot. Yeah, but no, no smile, no tip. 
Yeah. <laughs> but if they did a shitty job, you know, maybe it's a little bit less. But I was like, I would always tip on the tax. I wouldn't bother making the calculation, right? So always giving a little extra. And, and usually, general, yeah. Before you keep going, how long were you in the industry? Uh, the I, w- I waited tables uh, from when I was 18-ish until I was like 23. So like okay. five years. So All right. So a lot longer than I did because I, I was in from when I was 18 to like 1920 or something like that. So like I, I did, I was there, I was over a year in it, basically my senior year in high school. Yeah. It so wasn't I, consistent. I mean, there were, there were chunks of that time where I was not waiting tables, but overall that was during that time I was always doing something. Within, okay. You know, a few months. Ago. So, so you have extensive enough, you know, feedback from this, from I your own so. personal experience. I know I, what I it's like say. to get stiffed out of a tip. That's for sure. Well, I, I think anyone who's worked in the service industry knows what it's like to get stiffed out of a tip. But when you're waiting tables, it's a whole different game, right? Because you're not making minimum wage. You're making way below minimum wage. And the idea is that your tips balance up to a decent living. That's true. So if you don't get a tip, it's horrible. You're really, really being underpaid. Well, and you're also, like you said, you're you're running the food. You're It's service that you're providing. Treat. You're making sure their stuff gets in and, and they're taken care of. Yeah, you actually. So it makes sense to that that you should. Yeah, no doubt. And I, and I had no problem tipping out to the bartenders and all that, all the different gigs I worked. It was pretty customary. End of the night, they would get a certain percentage, you know, as a thank you, basically. The, the um, back of the house, everyone along the line, the kitchen would get a percentage, tip out that way. It's great, right? It's very democratic in that regard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But- you have to draw a line somewhere. Like, like when does it become a handout? If somebody's making minimum wage or above minimum wage, and it's a very, very easy counter job where you're interfacing with a customer, which, okay, there's some stress there, but no more stress. And if you're working at a McDonald's, let's say, at a counter, it's the same deal, right? Which you, it, don't tip, which you don't tip which you don't at, at fast food. No, of course not. Right, because of course, I haven't been inside a fast food place in a long time, so still who, no tip as far as I know. Okay, because I would say there, it wouldn't surprise me if they have all those machines and you can offer tip. So you know, I, I can see these services like you're talking about in places like fast food places, just adding it in because if you ask, some people are like, "Oh, here you go, here you go." Sure. Yeah, exactly. Right. You know, I was in a Lyft recently, not an Uber, but I was in a Lyft ride hail, and I explored that whole tip while you ride thing. And I did so actually because the driver was amazing. And that's rare for me. Usually I've got, I have terrible experiences in these ride hail situations, but this driver was great. Super clean car, super professional um, driver, you know, very, very courteous, super safe driving. Nothing was broken. Unlike half of the ride hails I get into, like the suspension worked properly. The brakes weren't making any noise. <laughs> Your car head's, wasn't pulling. Head's not like hitting the roof. Yeah, of yeah. The car. It, was a, it wasn't a spring in the seat. seat poking my ass. Like, yeah. Seatbelt just comes apart. <laughs> yeah. So I actually clicked on the whole ad tip thing. And one thing that I noticed that I really liked is that they made it a point in the Lyft app to tell the the um, the user, the tipper, the the rider, that the driver would not see that you had done that until the ride was over. Oh, okay. And I, I like that a lot, right? Because then you're not having some driver like waiting to see if you're throwing them cash. You know? Yeah, yeah. Like before you get out, like if they just like stare at you awkwardly as right. you're trying to exit. Yeah. Like, like what? What, dude? Yeah. But again, the ride hailing is a great example because sure, I will tip if I have a really good experience in a ride hail. Absolutely. But I've had some awful, awful experiences with Uber and Lyft. And why, why would I tip? Because what, because I feel bad? It doesn't make any sense. I, I don't, I'm paying for a service. I'm sorry if the person who's, who's driving for that service is, is getting a raw deal, but they signed up for the deal. It's not like they didn't understand the percentages of how they're paid. I, I just, I feel over pressured to tip in 2021. I really do. I think you're not alone. 
I, in fact, I, I know you're not alone because there's times that I feel over pressured and because working in entertainment industry and knowing a lot of people are in service industry in, you know, hospitality and, and restaurants and things like that, you want to make sure that you're tipping for them as well. So I get that. And I think that you're not alone. I think a lot of our listeners feel the same way. But let me ask you this. Is it just the fact that it's like counter service with the machines that that this issue is occurring or do you think this is a larger issue or we and we need to change the policy completely? I think it's a larger issue because I have noticed that the suggested tip amount is going up. And I have noticed also that a lot of these um, systems that allow you to just click on a percentage for your tip do things like include tax. Or if you're at a restaurant and they have a little um, card reader in their hand that you can dip your card into to pay for your tab. It doesn't break out, you know, very expensive wine that you might have ordered, things like that. It just has a suggested tip and you click on it and boom, you know, a $500 meal, 20%, there you go. It was confusing enough growing up who was tipped what. Like you brought up earlier, you know, does the, does the bartender get some? Does the kitchen get some? Do the, do the, does the dishwasher get some? It's, it's, these are all valid questions. It's become more confusing. Right. Like what am, what am I tipping for? What is the expectation? Where does it go? How is it calculated? It's really becoming kind of crazy. And, and to go up above 20 percent to me is is a little bit nuts as a, as a standard practice. I mean, 20 percent is a lot of money and everything's more expensive now. I'm not so much bothered in the way in the, the restaurants like the servers and things like that. Because you know when you tip, they're getting that's who the tip is At going least the to. Lion's share of yes, it, yeah. exactly. Right. I think it's And I'm with you on that. Yeah. And I think the issue like you brought up earlier is these machines. Well, the the thing is, where does it end? I mean, are we gonna get gas one day and the gas pump is gonna be like, Hey, you know, John worked tip. hard to clear out these trash cans. Please leave John. It's like, give me a break. <laughs> The other problem is, and, and this is a big conspiracy. Here, here, here comes, uh, what's his name? Uh, the Musk with his, uh, the Musk. Ro- w- with his robot. Can we please just call him the Musk <laughs> the from Musk. now on? Uh, that's what I refer to him as, the Musk. I love that. <laughs> the Musk. I'm going to steal, that's done. He's the Musk. <laughs> we should get the Musk on the show so he can defend himself. You know again. what? We should make a Halloween costume of the Musk. You should go as the Musk for Halloween. That is so creepy. <laughs> I don't think I can do that. But, you know, where do you draw the line? Like, this is a big conspiracy theorist, however I would say that of me, but there's some truth to this because I, I know people who still work in the serving it, service industry, uh, close friends. Every customer in the system, for most of these modern systems, you can take notes on them. And then when that customer comes back, their notes come up. So if you are at a high-end restaurant, for example, and you know, oh, Brian Chambers likes to be seated by the window at table three. That's a very positive way to use a system. You also get notes like Brian Chambers is a no tipping asshole. Yeah, spitting his oh, food. Do, do they? Oh yeah. Oh, see, I'm not. I'm not. No, as spitting familiar. the food. I have lived that part. But but there are but there are absolutely <laughs> I did, detailed. I didn't notes. know you hated me so much. <laughs> there are detailed notes. This guy's a jerk. Doesn't tip. It, it can get really bad. And I wonder at these counter service setups if they have a similar system like that. Because that freaks me out, right? If yeah, you, if you yeah, go but in, if, and, but if you've never been there before, if you, well, that's not the, a problem. Well, what do you mean it's not a problem? Because you you go there and you're still having the same issue. 
you're choosing a, a tip, but that now there's no notes or anything. So it's a matter of you're just being forced to to do it regardless of whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah, that brings it back to the pressure thing. I just do not like the pressure. I don't like that whole mentality of, of this expectation with no explanation. And, and let's let's at least clarify this. It's not about not tipping because we we think we we believe we should. Right. Right. My my official stance on it, I suppose, is of course I believe in tipping and I believe in tipping for a good service, but there has to be sort of an accepted ceiling to what is a really generous tip. And that ceiling to go up arbitrarily makes no sense. Because the like the cost of the experience is already going up. So twenty percent is already more money in a server's pocket. There's no need to bring it to twenty five percent. It's naturally moving with inflation by the cost of the meal being more expensive. And then this idea of Tipping when you don't know why you're tipping. There you go. Or who is it going or to? Or who is it going to? Is, yeah. is a huge problem. It, it just and it, it's it is societal. It's systemic. It's weird. I, I don't get why it's happening and why we're just kind of rolling with. Oh, sure, here you go. You know. Well, not to go too much farther down this rabbit hole because I know we could get lost for for days and weeks on this. I, I'm not sure how to fix this or how how would you fix it. I think just a little sign on the counter solves the whole thing. Like like what like don't over tip asshole. <laughs> You know, tipping is not expected. I was joking, by the way, yeah. for those that, that take things really too literal. <laughs> tipping is not expected, but if you feel the need, please know it goes 100% to blah. Or please know it's split up this way. Well, and, I, and just, I totally would support blah. 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 Oh, blah gets the tip. Blah That's fantastic. Oh, 32% <laughs> by golly. I love blah. Honestly, a simple sign, a simple, simple thing. Or, or if you're ordering an app. Right? The app can tell you when you're checking out. I, you know, you say simple, but people don't read. Yeah, fair so. enough. But, but, that's, but that's the user's problem, right? I think if the establishment is doing everything to make it clear, then kudos to the establishment. And if the person can't be bothered to read the message, then so be it. All right. Well, all right. I, I, can, get, I can get on board with that. Neighbors Don't Knock is produced by CNG Communications. CNG specializes in small batch voiceover and video production for commercial media, podcasting, radio, and more. They combine years of experience in acting, podcasting, and sales to offer big media products at small business prices. To learn more, visit our Facebook page or email us directly at admin at neighborsdontknock.com. And now back to the show. Okay, so we're into one of my favorite sections of the show, a little bit of neighborly advice. I love I love this. I love this new trend we're doing. This is good. Yeah, this is great. I, I'm really digging this, but this is your neighborly advice this week. It is, and I'm going to keep it super simple. If you're on a freeway, highway, however you want to refer to it, depending on where in the country you're currently living, and you're in the United States, if you are going to pass a car, Please do it in the left lane, pass the car on the left. And if you are not passing a car, please get out of the left lane. That's simple. I'll stop. That's my advice for the week. I swear the vein on the side of your head is starting to pulse a little bit. It makes me so <laughs> angry. You know, here in Texas, we have a lot of two lane highways with few passing opportunities. I can't tell you how many times I've been going, let's say, from San Antonio to Houston or the other direction, and I get caught between behind rather two cars that are side by side going the same speed going the same speed and there's nothing in front of them 
for as far as the eye can see. And here in Texas, you can see pretty darn far down the horizon line. <laughs> Synchronized driving. And they're just, <laughs> they're just, <laughs> I mean, I half expect like a Dunkin' Donuts cup to pass between the passenger and the driver of the two cars. Just see a little robot arm mm, yeah, out the just, window. <laughs> and you'll sit there for miles just tearing your hair out. Doesn't matter. You can honk, you can, you can flash your lights. They just, you know, and it's not even like some little old lady. No, 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 no. It can be all, all creeds, all ages. <laughs> it's just, it is so infuriating. But honestly, it's dangerous because if you put people in a situation where they're doing anything to try to get around you, they are going to eventually do something very stupid. Well, and then that's proven over and over again that, that over and over as a society, we as people do stupid things. <laughs> yep. We do. <laughs> I mean, it's just basic road etiquette, right? Pass on the left. I don't understand how this got lost. I mean, here in Houston, we have highways that have like 150 lanes, right? So it's, it's, I get how people get a little bit overwhelmed and, and maybe a little bit lazy about it, but everything flows better if you just pass on the left. Everything. Yeah, Across the board. I know I, I agree with you on this one. And, and this is more or less one of those pay attention overall to the rules of the road. I mean, yes, there, it's a lot. There's a lot of I don't want to say it's not a, if there was a sign there. They, again, I truly believe they still wouldn't see the sign and do it because people don't read signs. No, in fact, but, I've seen highways that have signs and it's, it's dis- they just ignore it. Oh. You know, I think just the whole aspect of road etiquette is something that we all need to be aware of personally, but specifically in this instance, allow people to pass on the left. Yeah. Big time. Oh, you know what? Can I, th- can I throw in like a, like a, a, a part a or part B? Yeah, yeah. 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 So let's say part B. Yeah. 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 Uh, if you see an emergency vehicle or somebody broken down on the shoulder, please slow down and move over and don't pass directly next to them at highway speed. Have you ever been broken down on the shoulder of a highway? I, I try not to because it scares me. It's terrifying. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> like you, <laughs> right? Your, your whole car is rocking every time someone goes by. It's so scary. That was great. That was like surround sound effects. I, I really felt like I was on the highway. Like my whole head went, whoa. You're like, <laughs> I was like looking by. <laughs> Flashbacks over here. I'm going to have like PTSD at the end of the show. Be aware that you're not the only one on the road. You know, that's, no, that's a good way to put it. It really is because there, there are neighbors, there are friends, there are family members. There's, you know, there's people out there that we care about that are on the road. We need to respect that. Yeah, it's true. And everybody wants to get home to see Ted Lasso. You're not alone. Right? It's <laughs> yeah, Friday. Right. There's a new episode. <laughs> Everyone's trying to get back. Don't. You're not. I know. You're not the only one. Someplace to go. That's a good thing to remember. But we want to talk about next week's episode before we get out of here. Yeah, man, I am super excited because this is one of those rare opportunities where we get to have a guest return to the show. I know, and I, I can hardly, I just got to tell everyone, I, I've been waiting all episode to get this out. We are going to have the fabulous t- and talented Grammy-nominated bluegrass and musician, singer, everything above actor. He's great. Mr. Tony Camel is going to be back on the show with us. He's doing a lot of wonderful things and has some big news for us. Yeah, but no spoilers. They're going to have to tune into that episode to listen because it is going to be too cool for school. I'm really, really stoked. Don't forget to go back and check out previous episodes and other guests. You know, you want to make sure you subscribe to the podcast. We've had some great great guest and we have more to come yeah we really have and as always if you have any questions whatsoever about any of our past episodes coming episodes how to get involved with the show feel free to reach out dm us on social media or just drop us a line admin at neighbors yeah that's right we'd love to hear from you so 
We drop new episodes every Friday. We'll see you next week. Peace out.